0: recorded live scuba obsessed the weekly podcast where we talk about all things scuba diving from cool new gear places to dive and scuba new news scuba obsessed episode 233 is recorded live march 12 2015 Welcome back to Scuba Obsessed. I'm Darren Jilson coming to you from the muddy side of the great state of Michigan. Joining me this week, we have Mac the Dive Mentor. How are you doing today, Mac?
1: I'm doing very well. Um, I think I have thawed out considerably this
0: week. Yeah, it's, it's nice. A little little buff freezing weather, that can change things. Also joining us this week, we have Jim Schultz. How are you doing today, Jim?
2: I'm doing just great, thank you.
0: Yeah, my my driveway, if anybody happens upon this area, is a, is a muddy mess at this moment. But I'm not complaining because that means that we are really close to spring. All that snow's got to go somewhere, and it's right now slush in my driveway.
1: Turning the rivers brown and dark.
0: Oh, so you've driven over a few of them and taken a look?
1: Well, um, yeah, put a foot in the water today.
0: Oh, you got a foot in the water? Yeah, was not, there not
1: far, just, just to check out the visibility.
0: You, you had a fin with you too, I assume?
1: Nope, nope, just a foot.
0: Oh, just a foot? <laughs> okay, well, let's go ahead and jump right on into the news. We'll get that going. This first one is a follow-up. If you remember from last year, Canada was... Uh, was it last year already? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Time is just going. Uh, but last year... Uh, some people in Canada had a decommissioned destroyer, Navy destroyer that they're trying to sink. And we've got an update on that. The decommissioned Canadian naval destroyer, which was supposed to be sunk, uh, on the BC coast must be British Columbia, is an artificial reef for marine life and scuba divers after a federal court ruling cleared the way Thursday. The Ministry of Environment issued a permit to the Artificial Reef Society of British Columbia last year, allowing the organization to sink the 113-meter-long ship, the Hulkett Bay, off uh, Grand Breer Island. Uh, some residents of the area tried to block the project, but the court upheld the permit. The Reef Society cleans up and repairs ships to be used as man-made reefs and then looks for optimum locations to sink them so they can become habitat for many species and sea creatures more than 1000 volunteers had stripped down the ship removing recyclable materials for reuse getting rid of hazardous materials such as engine oil taking off the doors and hatches and clearing access to the ship for fish and divers this is according to the group now 1000 volunteers that is that is some excellent support they have
2: yeah that
0: and, is outstanding yeah it's a, and it looks like they've gotten good at it they've done a few so that'd be nice for us to have something similar in michigan Maybe we could have a port where uh, uh, it's all set up, and you know that same port could do multiple vessels. And then you, you'd get them out to the reserves. Preserves, not reserves. The underwater preserves.
1: Yeah, look at that picture. That picture of the boat. That boat doesn't look that bad at all. It looks actually sort of new.
0: Yeah, I would say uh, to me it seems to be an, of a newer style.
1: Yeah, that's what it looks like. But then I looked at the year. 1964 it was built. It's like. That's sort of scary when you start thinking that you're how many more years older than that boat? It's, it's obsolete. <laughs> well,
0: I'm not. I'm not older than that boat. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, I. Uh, those are those are the boats that I would have been around as a as a toddler when my dad was in the Navy, except the the U S versions. Uh, but like the my dad was a plank owner on the submarine that he that he was involved with commissioning, and that one was and that so that would have been. Uh, I think that one got commissioned in 68, 69, and they decommissioned that in, I want to say, the late 90s. You know, that was nuclear-powered uh, so fast attack.
1: That's scary, though. I'd like to see what the uh, conflict was. I mean, why they did not want to do it.
0: Oh, the, the, if you remember from last time, the the other group was complaining about Uh, toxic uh, chemicals they were having a sample done they were pulling samples off the wreck trying to prove that they hadn't made it safe Uh, toxic bottom paint Yeah, toxic bottom paint was the ultimate thing they were going after but they didn't want it there no matter what they were just grasping at straws trying to prevent it Uh, you'd like to know what the real thing is 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 it one of those things not my backyard I like my water I don't like my tourists I
1: wonder if these structure on it, that upper structure looks like the mask in a cage or tower. I wonder if that was taken off.
0: I would hope they would leave as much of it on as they could. Depending on the depth, that might be one of the spots where you can get to. It also makes for great photo ops. Yeah. Uh, but Yeah, so it looks like it's... Did, I don't think they say it. They didn't put a date out, did they? No, so that was just announced today. Uh, so we'll see when they'll They'll, they'll probably expect with the next week or so.
1: Did your did you, did you com- take a look at the comments? I'm I'm taking a quick peek now. It's quite preposterous that so many navy ships are being scuttled for so-called artificial reefs. It would be more appropriate to dry dock them, dismantle them, and the steel recycled.
0: Quality steel is going to waste. What how they think it's a finite resource steel? Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, that's somebody who just doesn't understand. Because there's the two, two points of value. I mean, you're making an artificial reef. And the other is we get to dive on it. What's wrong well, with that? Comments,
1: it It's like, the Victoria still dumps its sewage straight into the, the briny. You think it's a better idea to protest that? Yeah.
0: Well, they could recycle it. I'm sure you could can it up and send it to this guy's house. Uh, well, di-
1: he, he, they were trying to get past that little item. Since In the old days, it was called pollution by putting a ship in the ocean. Nowadays, it's creating an artificial reef. So if I throw 10 cans over the side, that's okay because I'm creating a wreath.
0: A little different, but this next one is out of the U.K. Divers have been asked to report ghost gear, and what ghost gear is is discarded fishing gear. Much of this gear is uh, nets that fishing trawlers have snagged on objects and is just floating around the ocean. There's estimated 640,000 tons of fishing gear that is lost or abandoned in the oceans each year. Uh, Frequently, this ghost gear can entangle and kill millions of animals, including seals, turtles, and whales. So what they're asking is that when divers see or remove any ghost gear, they can upload their sightings, which will appear in a map. This will enable the Animal Welfare Charity to identify which are the most common types of ghost gear and from where they came the information will be used as evidence to convict, uh, convict governments, <laughs> convince governments and industry to create uh, safer and cleaner oceans for the animals.
1: Well, you figure they don't lose those nets on purpose because it costs money, right? So one would imagine they would try to recover their stuff because it's money. If they
0: can, but uh, I mean, you, you, it's all over. If you like, well, even in our river here, St. Joe River, we've got ghost gear still floating around. When was the last time anybody did any trawling for fish in the river?
1: It's been a while.
0: Yeah, and that stuff just doesn't seem to break down. I remember Jim Kleeman and I, we wanted to cut a float off one of the old nets that was in the river. And our dive knife was woefully inadequate for the quality of the the nylon that was in that dive net. Not that dive net, but the fishing net.
2: Some of those nets are really tough.
0: So I think those nets should have a built-in lifespan. You know, say, say 10 years or something, yeah. After 10 years, the fibers break down.
1: I don't know. It's one of those items where you buy good gear so it lasts you a long time. And nets aren't cheap.
0: No. Well, it just never, never breaks down. I don't know. I mean, how many thousands of years would it take for a big nylon net? I don't know. And there, here we have over $8 million has been pledged to fight invasive species in the Great Lakes. Organizations uh, working on Great Lake Preservation will be awarded $8 million to fight the invasive species. The money is coming from the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, or EPA. The grants will be used to fight aquatic and terrestrial invasive species. The Wisconsin Tribal Conservation Advisory Council, one of the agencies to be awarded, will receive $472,000. So that's a little bit of change out there. What
1: it fails to do, though, is it fails to tell you how that money is going to be used, and is it publicity type of activities, or is it something physical that once you get finished talking, you did something?
0: Well, let's look. The organization that did the press release, which this was covered in uh, one of the newspapers here in Michigan, and let's go to that website and see what it is, if we can track it down That's the same one. It's just another domain name.
1: I was curious because they had a couple of articles, like you said, last week, three in one week on Mm -hmm. more money allocated for different aspects of preserving and making better the water. And a large majority of them was continuing to have meetings to discuss how to, not what to do and when to do. Yeah.
0: Well, I think the reason we're getting all these press releases is, yeah, they've, they've crammed all the pork into their bills, and now it's time for everybody to take credit for bringing it back to their districts.
1: But again, distribution, I'd like to see it, and I'd like to see what results from it. Because as far as I know, all they've been doing is studying how to stop the invasive species like the Asian carp from getting into Lake Michigan. Yeah. They keep denying it's there, it's not there, it's not there, and then one day it's going to be, and it's like, well, then it's a little late to do something.
0: Yeah. Well, it- Be interested to see if we can dig anything up on it. And this one's out of Philadelphia Business Journal. A freestanding oxygen therapy center is opening up in Bucks County. The Oxygen Oasis Hyperbaric Wellness Center is a freestanding hyperbaric oxygen therapy center in Langholm, Pennsylvania. Hyperbaric chamber, uh, best known for treatment of scuba divers for decompression sickness. The procedures involve placing a person in a chamber where the air pressure is about two and a half times greater than that of normal pressure in the atmosphere. Breathing pure oxygen under pressure allows the lungs to gather more oxygen through normal breathing. The extra oxygen in the bloodstream is carried throughout the person's body, reaching damaged areas including organs, tissues, that previously lacked blood, blood supply and oxygen. So they're doing this not... Necessarily for divers, but just for as a therapy. Well, most of the
1: hyperbaric chambers, monologues, are used for therapy aspects. Probably the best known, of course, is <clears throat> if you get monoxide poisoning, right. that's going to be your best treatment if you can get to them faster.
0: I'm surprised that there's a new one. I mean, when you think about uh, the one in Kalamazoo, where they're concerned that they have a hard time justifying you know, even the space to keep it open. Uh, this one that they just put in was is an eight people model, which is going to be similar in size, uh, multi place chamber.
1: Well, I find it interesting, and again, if it had not been for SAS, for example, that provides the training and the operators for that, the hospital would close it down.
0: Oh, certainly, yeah. They they would have it would have they would have probably cut it up in little tiny pieces, and that would be a storage room. Yeah, because for a big hospital, it's all about Profit centers and return on investments, space.
1: Well, they actually do. They, they talk about that. that that's for actually four pages of what you're talking about here.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And they do they do go in there and they talked about they got uh, two monoplace chambers or mono monolungs. They were talking about the other treatment of soft tissue injury, chronic bone infections, uh, compromised skin grafts. So there is a lot of uses for them, but again, most of it is uh, the monolungs, which are cheaper to use. Don't take as much uh, review, but they can't press you down as far as a, the big chambers do.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're not going to get nearly as deep. Uh, I, it, all, it all comes down to what you can charge the insurance companies. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, you know? The interesting they were talk- thing is they're setting this up as an outpatient center. You know, it's a private clinic uh, situation.
1: Well, they were talking about uh, treatments they give there will be between an hour and 90 minutes. They cost between 140 and 175 dollars. <throat> Excuse me. Number of treatments depend on the condition, of course, but the average appears to be 30 treatments, and the total number of treatments can range from 10 to 60, based on what they've got. And then it says can be expensive, and we're aware some people cannot afford it.
0: I mean, that does it's expensive because of the number of treatments they want uh, for some of those conditions. I think you would want to know how how well does it work.
1: Well, the, the scrubbing of the monoxide, that works really good. That, that's a proven fact. Yeah. There's a lot of debate on the aspect of saturation of the tissues and how well it helps them. But again, some people seem to do very well, and some people don't. If you don't try it, you don't know, and you might be the one it works on. Yeah. So if you got the money, you're going to try it. I would.
0: Well, I can tell you it makes you feel better even if it doesn't cure you. There's nothing like a, a chamber ride. And but if you... Risky. <laughs> What's that a little whiskey? You said.
1: So sort does of, so sort does of a little whiskey. Oh,
0: a little whiskey. Yes, yes, I agree. And uh, you had an opportunity today if you happen to be out in Catalina. They had the USC Catalina Hyperbaric Chamber Day. Uh, the f- The first Chamber Day attracted about two hundred divers and netted fifteen thousand for the USC Catalina Hyperbaric Chamber. Over the years, the event has grown over to a thousand participants by adding Chamber Eve, the Flying Dutchman, and the Chamber Challenge. Last year, we raised under $100,000 for the chamber. We are justifiably considering the largest single-day charity event in the United States and perhaps even the world. Although diving accidents are rare, uh, it's one of those things if, if something happens, you want to have one around. The study has shown that 69% of diving accidents are caused by diver error. So you can imagine inadvertently doing something wrong, getting bents, and hearing, sorry, there's nothing we can do for you. In Southern California, they started in the chamber since in 1974. The chamber's been operating for 41 years, and part of the funding goes to keep the chamber available 24-7 by 365.
1: I think the big difference between us and them is smaller group, smaller number of divers. Catalina, you always hear, always hear about the diving going on. So I think the number of people who are diving and the need for it is a lot greater there. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I think Mm -hmm. you've got... A lot more awareness. It's uh, people. When you think of diving, you think of that that area.
1: Well, like you said, that uh, first was two hundred divers, and then over the years, thousand participants. That's pretty strong support.
0: Yeah, but I mean, you think about it for ours. It would be our group, <laughs> the Muddies, and maybe another, you know, forty, fifty people.
1: Uh, right. Uh, yeah. Taking a look at the number of clubs, uh, SAS, of course, our club gazettes. Uh, Parts scuba. Matter of fact, they tried to get a, a chamber course the other day. I think most people who signed up was three, so they didn't get it. So when you said fifty or sixty, I, you're probably not too far off.
0: Yeah, I mean, I like I said, on my way to work every day, I pass six or seven diving license plates, but they're not diving in this area. So let's say uh,
1: it goes go back to they say, uh, you know, your 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 card never expires, and you dove uh, we, at that program we went to last week mm-hmm. there at great lakes they were talking about how many divers are there how many current divers are there and there's a huge difference they, they one of the uh, presentations said most divers the make or break it where they're going to stay in the sport is number seven i would say so and after that it's two and a half years and after that it's it's, not, it's the hardcore and the people who found something they really like to do with the diving that stay into it.
0: Yeah, so they have a variety of events that they were doing today. One was the, uh, uh, for $110 plus $30 for food and air fills. Uh, they were taking you on a boat, which gives you a diving, a tour, a T-shirt, and five uh, daytime raffle tickets. They said if you couldn't get the day off and you wanted to participate, they had the Flying Dutchman. Uh, diving the dutchman gets you five daytime raffle ticket t- tickets and a special limited t-shirt oh so it's like you get to do everything but the dives so you're just giving you the opportunity to donate
1: right you got a t-shirt
0: yeah and they had pledges hundred dollars five hundred a thousand dollars and of course five or ten thousand I, I i think if you even wanted to do thirteen thousand they would take that
1: i am sure they would
0: uh, raffle tickets were a dollar each and they were a little bit Discounted if you bought more. The Chamber Evening was co-sponsored by the Ameri- the Aquarium of the Pacific. It was a sit-down dinner in the Great Hall. They had a few speeches, the, a, ra- a raffle prize, and a presentation of the Chamber Day check to Carl Higgins, director of the Chamber. And the uh, pricing for that was $110 per ticket. Oh, wait, they, I, I had the date wrong. This hasn't gone on yet.
1: May 6th. Yeah,
0: I was thinking that it was today. I I read the byline. So, yeah, so you've got time. It's May 6th for the Chamber Day and Eve event.
1: It's interesting they participated in that, and and the the tickets are just a little salty. When you consider Our World Underwater for the seminar and show, Jim, what did that cost?
2: Oh, I think it was $80 for the whole weekend.
1: Right, and then if you went to uh, the one we just went through last week great Lakes uh, shipwrecks that ran you thirty dollars and you're talking an all-day event with multiple speakers um, well i, I, I think ten dollars th- is expensive so they must really be want that chamber
0: well part of it is the area and if you think about the like the the main event chamber day hundred ten dollars you're getting uh diving so how it is it diving is that a boat tour which gives you two dives, to Catalina a walking tour, and chamber facilities. So it doesn't say anything about a boat dive, but you've got uh, diving. Uh, you know, as far as the event goes, I don't think that's that much. You know, they've got a larger population, so you've got uh, if you get some well healed people, uh, and you can get them into the charity.
2: Yeah, and I yeah. think that's what you know. The approach is all—it's it, a charity. We're giving you something for it, but you know, you're you're really making a donation to keep the chamber alive.
1: How well do you think that would work up here?
0: No. it' Like anything, you have to hit that critical mass. Yeah. yeah. And I just don't think we have enough. Um, you know, you'd have to combine it. You know, things that do well up here are animal causes. I mean, there's probably four or five animal charities, animal aid, Humane Society. You know, they all do fairly well with their fundraisers. Um, you know, United Way, I've participated in a couple of their fundraisers, and they do pretty good.
1: It would be, I've never seen a comparison, but I'd like to see a number of uh, chambers per diver area. I mean, you know, how many divers, active divers do they have in Catalina? And how many we have versus what we use for our chamber? And the same thing for the UK. I don't think we, we notice or hear a lot about them doing chamber dives or items like this here, supporting the chamber. Now that, now that I think about it, have you? Or do you remember?
0: I, I don't remember any articles I'm going to bet that they're, because they're, aren't they under a single-payer health care system?
1: I, I hesitate to comment yeah. on that part. I don't know. Yeah,
0: I'm going to guess that you, know, you don't really have to raise money for it because it's either going to be there or it's not. <laughs> and you probably don't have a whole lot of control over it. But I, uh,
1: I just wondering sort where of their chambers were actually located. Yeah.
0: So if you're a, uh, a UK diver, and you know some of that, uh, drop us a line at the show at Scuba Obsessed com and i know we've got a few of them over there uh yeah i'm, I'm not sure but you, you also figure you've got uh any industrial diving you have to have a chamber at least in the u.s so i imagine they've got similar rules over there and maybe from an industry standpoint uh they strategically placed them
1: well i know harry harry zike for example has three of them and He was. We were actually we were talking about that two weeks ago over in Chicago, and it is a royal pain in the butt and costs lots of money, because they have to set up when they need a chamber and it's going to be a dive site out there in the big lake. They've got to have a barge set up to the standards, and that is not inexpensive. It would be much easier to go ahead and have a, a one landlocked for sport divers. Uh huh. So there's a lot of chambers out there by the companies, but they use them strictly for commercial purposes. And if you had a problem, they probably would not have the people available to let you use their chambers in an emergency.
0: That's true. Uh, well, you think about they might have a liability issue, too. Uh, I mean, they have to, for OSHA, don't they have to have somebody who's a certified chamber operator to administer it?
1: Yes, absolutely. Well, for all of them, yes. Yeah,
0: so, so they probably cross-train... Their staff, because, you know, it's probably run by a diver, I would think.
1: Or a, a chamber operator who is not a diver. That happens all the time.
0: Well, in Kalamazoo, I know there's a few of them who aren't divers who help sass out. Uh, a lot of them come from nursing, some of the nursing staff. Yeah, then we need to do a little research on that. I'd, I'd like to get some information on the, the chambers. And then how about this? A uh, diver uh, fetches a three iron that... N- was that? Uh, I don't follow golf, so I'm going to slaughter a name anybody can probably pronounce. McLaurie, uh Threw in the water. Rory McLaurie. i like arrived. to know what he paid. Uh, what he paid? <laughs> I, yeah,
1: I'd like to know how much he paid the diver.
0: I would, too. So uh, he was golfing at the WGC Cadillac Championship, uh, and he threw his club in the water. Uh, many found it humorous. And Donald Trump, who is the primary architect of changes at the, of the blue monster, found it amazing. And he hired a diver on Saturday afternoon to retrieve the three iron that was heaved into the lake. Uh, Trump presented the club to McClory on Sunday morning. Well, a lot of these we don't collect, Trump said, of other irons that are in the bottom of the lake. I usually don't go out and get a scuba diver to collect many of them, including mine. But it was a beautiful moment. He did it with elegance. And he was a, wasn't a wild man. He did it very gently, just very beautifully. We're going to go and do the other one either for charity or mount it. So uh, Trump is hoping that he'll be able to mount it. But uh, another option, he said, was to donate it to, char- to a charity as an auction.
1: I am willing to bet those clubs the pros use are not inexpensive Kmart's. No, they're,
0: they're not. But if you're a top-tier sponsored golfer... You also didn't pay for those clubs.
1: But if I were to find them, I bet I could find some people to buy them at a really nice discount.
0: Oh, yeah, especially if you knew who it was.
1: Oh, that's even more so.
0: Yeah, like this one, you're going to, I mean, yeah, yeah. Because some of them are, I've watched some shows on them, and they, they put a lot of metallurgy math science into these clubs. Then every once in a while you'll watch some of those trick guys who are doing it with broom handles. Put everybody to shame. Yeah, you'd, you'd like to know, what did it cost Trump to get somebody in the water? Can you tell by the gear? It's It looks... Oh, because it has in warm water, so... <laughs> he's in a wetsuit. No gloves. wonder how easy it was to find it. He had know, a hood the, on it yeah, he's got a hood well, on though. He's got a
1: hood on Well, they probably it. had video so it could have got a good position from the splash. As I think I if I were going to gonna be back.
2: diving anything on a, uh, a golf course, I would be <laughs> full wet, full dry suit with full face, and uh, getting hosed down when I get out. That's that's an environmental problem.
1: Yeah, Potentially.
0: yeah. Get uh, all the uh, fertilizers and weed killer and everything sprayed off you
2: and the uh, goose poo.
0: Goose poo. Well, how's this for some cool scuba gear? They're saying it is a nearly silent scooter being marketed to the military.
1: Just the military?
0: Yep, they said building on uh, burgeoning commercial contracts ranging from Ministry of Defense to Global Oil Tanker Survey work. Landau UK is proud to announce its latest advance in the field, the appointment of the sole UK supplier for the Rotonator. No, no, the Rotonor. They produce the Black Shadow 730 and the Dive Jet 414 range of high-performance diving scooters marketed specifically at commercial applications, both capable of depths for 60 meters in near total silence. High-tech machines include forward-facing sonar, state-of-the-art navigation, and powered by high-energy lithium-ion accumulators. They kind of look cool, don't they?
1: Yes, they do. The videos look nice.
0: Yeah, they're they're, they're not saying how much it is. I'm going to bet that these are your 10,000-plus. I would say you're
1: probably very. Uh, I think that's a lowball. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, uh-oh. Well, you got a price here.
1: I just sent you the link to the military rotor and uh, some of the videos. That's too much for the people online, but.
0: Uh, oh yeah, that's uh, you, look, you look at some of the little. Yeah, sucker. that's not that's not uh, a normal scooter. No. This is no. almost like an underwater jet ski. Yeah, I think you're right. I probably was a. Uh, I missed a zero. <laughs> Uh, and the and the photo up there just looks like a a, a shark nosed uh, DPV, but not a not like this other one where you almost ride it. Now that'd be nice. You know, they, uh, well,
1: it's like it's like those cave diving ones. That really, really built huge batteries.
0: Yeah, we always need to get like Paul Allen. He would come the Great Lakes and help us do some uh, shipwreck hunting. You know, get a whole fleet of these. We could cover some bottom, couldn't we? Oh could, man, could we? You could. Mold the lawn underwater.
1: I wonder if like you could do a shot. that.
0: Because you, dra- you could drag a buoy behind you. You could have...
1: You carry one, and if you need it, you toss it up and mark your spot. You well, don't have that drag.
0: Well, what I was thinking about, well, you you might... I'm I'm trying to think how you get GPS position otherwise. You'd probably...
1: Well, the other aspect. You know they talk about stealth. Yeah. These, uh, I'm looking at a quote here. They're a quiet, acoustic point of view... But these devices also have particularly low magnetic signatures, making them difficult to interpret and to intercept by means of magnetic and acoustic current, meaning detection devices. That's why they're not going to sell them to the open market, because if you've been up to the bridge, the Blue Water Bridge, for example, yeah, the number of um, officials who are watching divers come and go. They're saying if you want to cross, you know, from Canada over. Like, remember last year where the guy was caught? Yeah muddling drugs across with
0: a scooter. Yeah, they've been uh, getting real, they're watching that for a while now. Oh, yeah. And you need to wait for another economic downturn. That's when that stuff, uh, when when the the eyeballs will be taken off that sort of activity. Very nice.
1: Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll anybody- Anybody has something like that, they'd like us to try for them. Uh, We're more than willing. We've mentioned that before. Yeah, Uh, just send it to us. We'll give you trials. Yeah,
0: we'll we'll tell everybody what we think about it.
1: Yeah, I I
0: can't think. I can't even imagine not liking that.
1: Have you ever used a DPV? Me, no. Jim, you have.
2: Yeah, I have.
1: Aren't they cool?
2: They are fun
1: until the battery runs out.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. This one is very interesting unit. This swim is shame. With a DPV's got to be rough. Oh
1: yeah, that's horrible.
0: But I can remember I uh, being in the dive shop, seeing them laying out, being repaired. Thinking, gosh, I got to get myself one of those. And I also that was kind of daunting when you're a new diver, thinking that's one of the required pieces of kit you have to have at another five or six thousand dollars.
1: Yeah, if you're lucky.
0: Well, not the because there are some. I think I saw down at the dive shop there was uh, some in the $3,000 range used of course okay well that does it for scuba news let's see so we had now let's Jim you weren't with us last week Uh, what was your thought of Our World Underwater
2: I was disappointed the the speakers were very good the seminars were good Uh, but the show floor itself was seemed to be much smaller. Um, there were a lot of empty booths. And talking to people uh, over the weekend, the crowds were down also. So, you know, it's I'm wondering, you know, uh, there were some comments that, you know, if the show doesn't turn around soon, they're going to lose a lot more of their vendors. Hmm. Uh, it just seems to be, you know, in need of uh, some rejuvenation.
0: Well, uh, I, I think, honestly, they need to change the location. I am not a fan of having to drive all the way through Chicago to get to the, was it Horizon Center? What, what are they calling that now? Where it was that? Um, Ro- Rosewood? Ro- was that Roseland? Rosemont. Rosemont, Rosemont Horizon. Rosemont. Yeah. And, and that whole complex... I'm not a big fan of it. Parking's a pain. You got to park in another building. You got to walk over, and there's nothing else there. It's a little bit tough. If it was downtown, we could get the spouses to go along. I mean, they sure. could they could do a half a day of shopping while we're at the dive mm-hmm. show. I could, mm-hmm. you know, an overnight makes a lot more sense. But as it is, it seems like everybody just does a quick drag race in there, goes, walks around the floor, heads back, and then you stop at Bass Pro and Cabela's. So you don't, I don't, I, I think they need to change location. And I'm sure they are they think they're getting a good deal or somebody's connected to somehow. But let's move it downtown. Move it downtown. Maybe they need to rotate it. You know, pick three locations, rotate between the three.
2: I I think they would do better downtown than they do out at Rosemont.
0: Yeah. And you know it's not a matter of space. You could take, you know, one hundredth of the McCormick Place Center. And you could fit it in there. There's yeah. plenty of hotels downtown that have uh, conference areas that are more than large enough to hold it.
2: Oh, this show is small enough that they could do it at Navy Pier. Oh yeah, yeah. But that was my my take on it.
0: Yeah, and that that kind of goes with what Mac was saying last week. Now this week or or uh, last weekend uh, was another show. Uh, which one was that, Mac?
1: That was the 34th Great Lakes Shipwreck Festival in Ann Arbor. And um, actually, it was very good. And talking about the difference between Chicago and this, everything you did in Chicago, we did there. With the exception, you didn't have the vendors for dive gear, and you didn't have the vendors for the trips and vacations.
0: Now, were the quarries there uh, as in the booths? Because last time I went, there was like a little horseshoe area with maybe... 40 booths
1: and you probably had about the same i posted some pictures on the club site i think sometimes i did and uh, you can take a look they're not in depth generally it's selling t-shirts selling books, selling audio a couple of people uh doing rovs and you know who i'm talking about there jim mm-hmm. our, our friend uh which is still nice very nice um a couple of them were people who were doing the presentations were also selling their books and their services. Uh, the archaeological one on the caribou, uh, which we talked about here, remember caribou hunters at Lake Huron Glenbridge? Yeah. They had a, they had a, a presentation, which I went to, which is acted pretty good. Uh, and their display was basically on the same item with some of the tech gear, which is diving related that they use to do some underwater work, which is very interesting. Um, uh, that's the kind of stuff that you had out there. Of course, for me, the highlight was the really nice mermaid.
0: Ah. Well, so oh, this was a... They did that right.
1: They it had was... a tent set up so you couldn't get into it. You had a hallway and walkway you had to go through. The guy out in front had the cane, just like the old barkers at the fairgrounds and circus. Uh-huh. Top mm-hmm. cat trying to get, come on, come on in here. real love mermaid. It's pretty good. Cost you a buck. uh <laughs> And I was donated the buck to go in.
0: Yeah, well, you heard mermaids, and they could have put five dollars. I think you'd have gone in.
1: Well, they did. They did not reject um, compensation for taking pictures with them or of them. Nice. Uh, I think I posted one picture. She was a sweetheart. So as far as the, far products, as the were what, were excellent. We had uh, quite a few muddies up there, so people went to a little bit of everything. And for that one, you had basic three arenas. You had, uh, and this was held at a college, so they had plenty of room, and you're talking about where would you do it. Man, a college would, would break their arms and let you into there, like Lake Mission College. You could definitely put it on there. Yeah, yeah we the could room, do something there. The room, you already had the ABA equipment. You've got, uh, they're going to make money. On, the food there was very good. They brought in, uh, basically, it was chili, soup, uh, hamburger, Oh, not Hamburg. Take it back. Uh like club sandwiches, you picked your meat, you picked your cheese, you picked your topping. Uh the drinks were a buck, the sandwiches were 5, the chili was 3. They didn't try to stick it to you. And they did a bumper crop. 2 hours they were jammed. Every and the food was excellent.
0: Now, Max, so you you you're volunteering to organize this this one for the Southwest side? <laughs>
1: I think I can't hear you. My, my, my <laughs> thing here is I, I heard you. But other than that, <laughs> yeah. when I was going to talk about the presentations, uh, you know, in the, in the big, in the big one, they did Saginaw Valley ships, the Morrell, uh, then they had the sole survivor of the Daniel Morrell talk, and he was there. You had, uh, Ralph did a real nice one on D-Day Sunken Secrets, cutter rescues, uh, shipwrecked. Graveyard, Armed Warriors of Deep, I went to that one also. That was interesting. Dive the World, this is for you if you wanted to look at Cozumel, Cortez, Turk Lagoon, Filipino, or the to Philippines. Then they had one lens underwater for camera taking. Uh, GoPro to Show Pro, I went to that one too. That was interesting. Learned a few things. Not exactly what I expected. I expected tutorials on how to do something. Uh, he did a good comparison between three or four different cameras and why the GoPro was a nice one. And he he didn't sell GoPros or any of that. It was still worth going to. And the technical that every every one of the technical ro- uh, times or sessions I went to were full. One was on regulator freezing, what to do. It was good information. Um, solo versus buddy diving was a little interesting. Again, not quite what I expected, but still useful information. 10 things my instructor didn't teach me was absolutely great. Now, uh, that was put years.
0: on by Rich, wasn't it? Oh, Rich
1: did a really nice job. 45-minute presentations. He said, I, I'm not done. Those who want to go, go out. I'm going to talk until they kick me out. He spoke another 30 minutes because nobody left. Excellent. It was, oh, yeah, it was very, very good. And most people could relate to everything he was saying. Uh, that's why I enjoyed the heck out of that one. Yeah. Caribou hunters were pretty good. What I learned there is um, some of the shots they gave of what was underwater turned out to be man-made structures. And if you look at them and then you look at stuff we have seen in the same vicinity, it makes me wonder is, duh, I wonder if we just went over something that was man-made, not what I thought it was.
0: When you say that, you mean where we're diving?
1: Well, when we're up in Lake Huron. Oh. When, when you start finding flat rocks on top of flat rocks, uh huh, that's not normal. And they were showing, when we talked about it on the show, I couldn't understand how they could funnel caribou into a whatever and Uh and capture them. Well, they showed what the land tunnel looked like, you know, 10,000 years ago. And that was interesting. And they were talking about the characteristics of a caribou and even a cow. They were saying you can paint a lion on a road and most cows won't cross it. They don't know why, but they won't. Well, the prehistoric people knew that, the caribou stuff like to follow the terrain lines. So what they do is put rocks and you would, they would actually funnel them into a cul-de-sac because they're just naturally foraging and they knew the trails they took. And so they put the rocks up and they follow the rocks into a cul-de-sac where they'd ambush them. Yeah, why and, not? When they talk, <laughs> and, and when they talk about ha- uh, huts and stuff, you know, we're thinking of huts. No, what they had was four or five rocks that if you put a tarp over them, you had a shelter which would make sense for back then, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, a couple of the rocks that were showing were rock with a big rock on top. God didn't put it there. Yeah. And it's like, whoa, maybe I've seen something like that. So I'm going to pay a lot more attention. So I got something out of that. Yeah,
0: uh, well, the one of the groups was saying, uh, was talking about that area up there in Mackinac by the by the bridge uh-huh. that they thought that they had found structures.
1: Well, you figure you've got that... Uh, forest that's in 100 foot of water that obviously wasn't underwater when it was a forest. They've got that um, hieroglyphic circle in, what, 45 foot of water up north? The one you, we talked about a couple of years ago? Yeah. And it's like, that wasn't underwater when it was built. So when they say the lake levels go up and down, they sure as heck do. Yeah. But I enjoyed all the seminars I went to. I stayed there until the cows came home and then went out to the dive shop for the little Free stuff afterwards, free food, drinks, and uh, had a good time. That was thirty dollars. Could not have spent better money.
0: Yeah. So thirty dollars. So you you, rec- you definitely recommend that one.
1: Uh, I look at the the program to see if they're going to have topics I like. I liked everything I went to this time. Excellent. So so uh, and I'd like I say, I went. I think uh, Kevin and Sarah, they hit hit a couple of ones that we didn't go to. Mary Beth hit a couple we didn't go to. Uh, I mean everybody sort of scattered around.
0: Yeah. Now, this weekend, is there's two of them, so you have to choose which one you want to go to. There's the Ghost Ships up in Milwaukee, and uh, there's the one in Columbus, Ohio. What's that one
1: called? No, nope, that's next week. I'm going to that one, too.
0: Oh, that's not this weekend? That,
1: no, not this weekend. Ghost Ships is this weekend.
0: Oh, Ghost Ships is this weekend, but the one in yes. Columbus is not this? No, that's next week. That's next week. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, uh, some of the people in the chat room were saying that they were going to try and make it on Sunday. Uh, it said it's only to, two, two. To
1: bunch. which one? Uh, to Ohio, right?
0: Yeah, yeah the other one in Columbus. They only
1: have a one day up there at, at the Go Ships.
0: Go Ships. Oh, so that's only Saturday?
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, Friday night, they have some events.
0: Yeah, and then when is does uh, MSRA have theirs at uh, Knickerbocker? That's got to be coming up here pretty soon.
1: Don't know about that one.
2: Yeah, I don't remember offhand. Let me see. I'm going to go...
0: Oops. Ah, this, this website is for sale.
1: Wow. Well, as you're doing that, I'll just talk a minute. The Go Ships is going to run you 20 bucks per adult, which is not bad. They have a demo also of equipment. And from past history, they've got more gear there than you normally see, and it's normally tech gear, a little more expensive, but interesting. So that in itself is going to be nice. They do have technical workshops, just like they do, and, and work seminars. They're having the uh, rebreather training again. That is really worthwhile to go just for the presentation and to try it out the rebreather in, in a shallow pool. It just gives you an appreciation for what they do and how they fit different. So it should be interesting. I'm looking forward to it.
2: You, you're going out to go ships, Mac?
1: Yeah. Dave, Gary, and I were going to go picking him up in the morning and then traversing up. He may have a conflict, but he's not sure yet. But I do plan on going.
2: That's this Saturday, right?
1: Yes, it is. The show starts at 9 o'clock in the morning, goes, I believe, to 5.30. There's an hour break in the middle. Uh, And then there's uh, like an open house or those who, you know, afterwards you go to the bar and hang out. Basically, it's one of those meet and greets. But last year I went, did the, uh, last time I went, I played with the rebreathers, went to the presentations up until a certain point so I could get home in a decent hour. Mm -hmm. But we shall see. There's a, there was one there that's going to cost you to go to. It's, uh, I think, 70 bucks, and it's only for an hour or something. It's on size can use and how to interpret them. I thought it was a little salty for an hour or so.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it sure is. Especially considering that you could probably get that underwritten by equipment manufacturer for you to go and buy it. Now, if you've if you got ten thousand piece of dollars piece of gear, you should provide the train to anybody who you think could possibly want it. <laughs> I th- I think there's enough margin in it to cover the trip.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I was on the MSRA website and I couldn't find out. I could find last year's date, but they don't seem to have this year's date up.
2: Didn't have the ticket sales on
1: there? No,
0: and I would think that's where you would buy the tickets. Yeah,
2: I thought so.
1: Well, I, I know they're going to have some of the Cayman Island stuff for display, but you're going to have a lot of scuba diving. They'll have a lot of charter boats. Uh, you'll have that same guy I saw at uh, Chicago, which is that new system they've got for the uh, buddy pack. You know the pony? It's called the pony pack. Yeah. You've seen that? That same guy there, and he's going to be selling that same equipment for uh, rescue teams, rescue systems, which is really nice. Uh, that's a, You'll have, obviously, Underwater Archaeology Society of Chicago. They'll be there again. The Wisconsin one will be there, obviously, because it's Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. So its society will be there. Its historical society will be there. And its Underwater Archaeology Association. So they're going to hammer you good. So if you yep. can't find information on shipwrecks in that area... There, there's something seriously wrong with you.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm for. I'm good. I'm going to say they're also working on that new preserve, so you're going to get plenty of uh, propaganda about that.
1: Yeah, either either I, I'm not exactly sure, but I think they have a lot more wrecks up there than we do on our side. You know, you go up to the bridge, you got you're pretty good, you know, for looking for wrecks. But that whole Wisconsin coastline looks like it's just is wonderful place in Door County. Oh yeah you got wrecks all over the place. So Uh, I think that's why you see so much archaeological aspect in historical societies that are doing well. Yeah. Well,
0: well, also, they go deep real quick, and they've got a lot of shoals. You've got a lot of rocks that ships get hung up on. Uh, I think we've got a lot of shipwrecks that are buried. You know, they're under 20, 30 feet of sand, so we're never going to see them.
1: Well, I know one that's (laughs) under (laughs) sand.
0: Yeah, we've got ours. But with the weather getting nice, we should be getting pretty close to getting out in the water
2: again, shouldn't we? I would think so. Yeah, I did find the MSRA event is March 22nd.
0: Is that this year or last year's? What's the 22nd? Let's verify the date.
2: That's a Sunday. Yeah, it wouldn't be Sunday night. They don't do it on Sunday night. Yeah, see, I
0: think that's la- last year. I think that it was might the 22nd. Yeah, I yeah. don't know why they haven't got it updated on the site because I want to say I saw Rich uh who's with the MSRA uh post something on it. So I, I'm I'm pretty sure they're having one. It just you know, All you know volunteers. You got it takes a little bit of time sometimes to get stuff up. But we'll we'll let you know when we, we figure out what date it is. But that's be coming up close. And it's gotta be like next yeah, weekend I would think. It really is. And that's that sells out too.
2: And yeah, that often does.
0: Yeah, usually the tickets uh leading up to it they're just a few days out, they're they sell out. Now, Mac, you said you put your toe in the water, so I'm assuming that was uh, boots.
1: Uh, Jim gave me a lead that uh, some people were looking for some work to be done. Uh So I went scouting the area today and taking pictures so I know egress and how to get in, how to get out, and that kind of stuff. And I noted the visibility was about six inches. (laughs) And the current was starting to pick up with all the uh, melt
0: yeah that makes sense Uh, i've
1: and i have been in that section of the river a little downstream and that's one of the few times even with a river stick i wasn't going upstream
0: yeah i i I saw the ditches on my way to work were had little white caps on them (laughs) so we're we'll have a little bit of flow here for i would say probably the next two or three weeks wouldn't you as stuff melts
1: You've, you've got, you know, the center of the river and stuff is pretty decent. You've just got ice on that last three feet of shoreline. Uh-huh. And it's rapidly going away. Yeah.
0: Well, we did, uh, the, f- the first time Jim Cleman and I did a uh, wreck dive on the Great Lakes would have been a week from now. So we still could be on track for that.
1: Well, I I printed a picture today on Facebook of what it looks like Uh-oh. on Lake Michigan today.
2: Is there still <laughs> I ice?
1: I think so. Oh, yeah. March 21st. Oh, yeah.
2: March 21st. I found it.
0: Okay, so MSRA uh, at the Knickerbocker Theater in Holland, Michigan, March 21st.
2: Yeah. Now, will you. Almost home, the Phoenix disaster, caught in the vortex, the Armistice Day storm of 1940,
0: and. Now, Mac, you mentioned you saw Will Banks at. Our world, not our world, underwater at the the show. Did he mention anything about diving in Lake Michigan?
1: Uh, actually, I did not talk to him. I think uh, Kevin may have spoken to him, and and Ken may have talked to him, or or at least seen him. But I did not. He did a presentation on. We did not find a fellowship ship either.
0: <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> uh, so I really didn't.
2: Yeah, what well,
1: was like, that I Ralph? Have, yeah, Ralph gave that one.
2: Yeah, I, I saw Ralph at Our World Underwater and talked with him and uh, not planning to be back in Lake Michigan this this summer.
0: This summer. So that means we need to do some more digging in the libraries, hopefully find something that can entice him back in. Yep. Or maybe we can get him to be interested in one of our shipwrecks.
2: Well, I did talk to him about, about one of them. Yeah? Two of them, actually. Cool. So. Yeah, we'll
0: have to. This is the year, though I can feel it. This is, we're finding something. Well, uh, so as as the snow starts to melt and the preserve starts to lose its ice, uh, when do we start the membership drive for the Southwest Michigan Underwater Preserve?
2: Well, it's getting to be about that time to get it going. I'll have to rattle the, put on the president's hat and get some work done to get things rolling on that so hopefully in a week or two we can start talking about it in in earnest and yeah. getting some money coming in
0: yeah we gotta get some money coming in uh the, the, uh probably oh gosh and we missed the at least i did i i didn't get up to the uh the big preserve meetings because uh, this year we got we got the permit for booing mm-hmm. so it'll be interesting to see how that's progressing and that might be some good Fundraising effort to practice on would be getting some donations to help buoy some wrecks.
2: Yeah, well, that's that permits are coming, so I don't know if they'll be issued for all the wrecks this summer or if they'll just start to issue a few.
0: I I thought they were doing a permit for that kind of covered them all.
2: Uh, They are, but they still have to be issued individually.
0: Oh, okay.
2: They did a master permit application, but each site was listed so they've got a
0: I kind of thought it was backwards where you would buoy it and then tell them where the buoy was and then they would put it in the in the records.
2: No.
1: Well Jim I, I seriously think what you're going to wind up needing is having someone to write grant requests for grants looking at some of the surveys and some of the people who did work out there they did it with a grant
2: mm-hmm.
1: and since you've got a, a real reason meaning preserved I try for a grant. Yeah, I I can.
0: 5%. Yeah, we'll, we'll take some of this offline, but I think there's got to be about 6 or 7 companies who are begging for people to ask them for money that you'd be a shoe in for with the preserve.
2: Mm-hmm. I'll take it offline and let's talk. So, yeah.
0: Let's see. So for those who want to see the preserve website, I believe that's uh dive sw southwest michigan F- Water preserve. dive
2: S.W.M.U.P dot com diveswmup.com ok
0: and then also as you start dive and send us uh, links and dive reports so we can update the website you can follow us on our website www.scubobsessed.com which I'm about to redo and I've been uh, how long have I been saying that probably nine months well, to a year
1: after, well, we will talk offline <laughs> I had two people talk specifically to me about your stuff
0: oh, ok <laughs> uh oh it would take me to task.
1: Well, we'll talk offline. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're still
0: recording. Uh,
1: okay. Yeah, they, they
0: can cut me a check. You know, once they cut me a check, I listen a little better. But okay, yeah, we'll do that. And then uh, you can, if you want, to drop us a line: the show at scubaobsessed dot com, and then the mug club is mugclub dot com. We are on Twitter at Obsessed. You can listen to us on. The WRVO Radio Network, they also have an app you can download. And uh, I have to apologize for last week's show. It took us a little bit to get it edited. Right as I saved it, it wrote the individual files, but it didn't save the master file, which without the master file, it's about 400, three sec- well, 400 probably 4,000 three-second files and they have to all be pieced together. And after a couple hours of trying to play a jigsaw puzzle, I punted and went to our backup copy of the show, which is not quite as good of audio as what you should be getting, but uh, that was the only alternative or it would have been a lost show. So the backup saved us, but uh, I don't know. I need to get a better backup software. So hopefully, knock on wood, today's recording goes well and you'll have it in your box in the morning like you're used to. You guys got anything to plug?
1: Oh, uh, not right now, but, you know, we already talked about the two shows coming up. And Wolf's, open house. Yeah,
0: and if you got gear, you need to get it in. i I got some uh, tanks I need hydro on. I need to get those in.
1: So this I'm is in. the time to start getting your gear ready for spring and summer. Yeah. Uh, there's no excuse. Do it now. Get the hydros. Get the VIPs. Make those guys at the shop work now.
0: Yeah, so I, I guess I'll have to, if I can remember in the morning... I'll load my tank in and then schlep it down to the dive shop.
2: Yeah, bring it in.
0: Bring it in. Uh, And then you've got an open house at Wolf's going on here pretty soon, don't you, Jim?
2: Yeah, that's the 21st and 22nd.
0: So just one scant week away. So are we ready for that time of the show? Yes, sir. Well, I've got two of them. I'm going to let one age, and I'll, I'll go with this other one for now. The, the one I'm going to let age is actually the better one, but we'll, we'll go do this one. Uh, a kid is going through his mother's purse and takes out her driver's license. His mother catches him reading it, mildly scolds, and the kid says, but I learned so much about you from it. Well, okay, what did you learn about me? Well, I know your age now, and what is that, says his mother. You're old, says a kid, and I learned your height, which is you're really tall. Well, yes, I'm tall for a woman. And I learned your weight, he said. And what is that, asked the mother. A lot for a woman your height. The mother sighs and says, well, that's not nice, but I can't argue with it. And the kid says, I know why Dad divorced you. Huh? What? How on earth did you get that for my driver's license? Because you got an F in sex. Wow. I guess that was a bad one.
1: You have to repeat the last two lines. Oh, is it, you didn't get it? I'm, I didn't. I'm a little slow, though.
0: I got an F in sex? Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> he still didn't get it.
0: <laughs> uh, okay, okay. I think we're going to have to go to the other one. That that wasn't that one wasn't good enough.
2: I thought it was a good one. Okay.
0: So he, he, here's the other one. A female scuba diver walks into the bank in New York City before going on vacation and asks for a five thousand dollar loan. The banker asks, "Okay, miss, is there anything you'd like to use as collateral?" The woman says, yes, of course, I'll use my Rolls-Royce. The banker stunned asked, a $250,000 Rolls-Royce, really? The woman is completely positive. She hands over the keys and the bankers and loan officers laugh at her. They check her credentials, make sure that she is the title owner, everything checks out. They park it underground the garage for two weeks. When she comes back, she pays off the $5,000 loan along with $15.41 in interest. The loan officer says, Miss, we're very appreciative of your business with us, but we have one question. When we ran the credit report, we found out that you're a multimillionaire. Why in the world would you borrow five thousand dollars? The woman replies, Where else in New York City can I park my car for two weeks for only fifteen forty one and expect it there when I return?
2: <laughs>
1: Probably true. <laughs>
0: When I parked in Chicago, it was $20 a day at the airport in long-term parking.
1: Well, Jim, you called us and gave us heads up. The one parking was 13 and the other was how much did you say?
2: Uh, 25 Yeah. Yeah.
1: For just freaking parking. Yep. Welcome to Chicago. Then you say, why Why did they do that? And it's because they can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they can do it. Well, on
0: that note, until next week, go out there and get wet.
1: And stay safe.
0: Do we lose Jim?
2: No, I was oh. parking the car. Oh. <laughs> Call recording has been completed.